0: That'll do. Hey, now I have audio. Hello, it's me, John Park. This is John Park's Workshop, and now my mic pack is turned on. So that makes all the talking go from me to you. Uh, welcome. So uh, yeah, here we are. This is uh, this is our tradition on Thursdays. John Park's Workshop, right here at Adafruit, or right here in John Park's Workshop. Uh, I'm gonna stop saying my own name because it's getting weird. So, uh, First of all, thank you to C. Grover for this uh, goose logo. This is the goose version of my soldering iron logo, and it cracks me up. So, thanks so much for that. That rocks. Uh, so, if you're uh, if you're listening and and watching us over on Twitch or on uh, Facebook, and you're wondering where's all the chat going on, it's probably over here in Discord or maybe over in uh, YouTube. So. Have a look and uh, you can sign up for free to get on the Discord chat, super great chat. Bazillion uh, good Adafruit fans all the time and uh, community members and Adafruit people helping each other with things and sharing stuff. It's a good time, so come on over. Uh, And I'm also uh, keeping one eye over on the YouTube chat. So hello, Charles Burniford and Connor McCarter. Welcome, Uh, all right. So it is hot here still in Southern California. So I've got a little fan blowing directly on the back of one of my cameras to keep that pesky thing from overheating. We'll see if it works. Uh, And hopefully that fan noise doesn't bother you too much. Um, And let me boost that vocal level just a little bit. I get reports over in the Discord that it's a bit low. All right, so uh, first thing I wanted to talk about is guess what, we've got a job board, and uh, you can head on over to the job board and uh, post a resume or uh, look for a job that's up there or post a job you're looking to hire for. It's entirely free. And I wanted to take a look uh, today at a specific, uh, here in the uh, skills offered people section, we've got this fine fellow, Tux Joseph Refugio, entry level embedded engineer, and uh, there's their skills, so check Check it out, uh, if you're looking to hire someone, this is a highly qualified individual for an entry-level embedded engineer, from what I can tell. Um, and that was entirely free for talks to uh, post that, and it's entirely free for you to go and review it, and uh, maybe you'll hire someone. So please, go check out the help wanted, thejobs.adafruit.com. Uh, another thing that I'll mention is, there's only 38 days left until we uh, stopped taking subscriptions, or is that when we're releasing it? I can't remember now, but it's not a lot of time before the next Adabox comes out. It's Adabox 14. It is holiday themed. It's gonna be super terrific. And uh, I can't wait. Can you? Well, these, uh, these fill up quick, the available subscriptions. So if you're thinking about subscribing or you're thinking about uh, sending someone the gift of Adabox, if you know someone in your life who might want to learn some more about uh, electronics and programming and physical computing and embedded stuff and crafting things and making things, well, then uh, I highly recommend you check it out. So, um, let's see, what's uh, what's next? What have we got here? Besides Adabox, we've also got a, uh, a coupon code. So today's coupon code is Toasty. And, uh, I think it was just a week ago or so that I had pancakes in there, but this was not so much a food-related coupon code as a temperature-related coupon code. It's toasty here in Southern California. Uh, it's also a bit of an allusion to our product of the week. So see if you can guess what that is. What would What's a new Adafruit product that would go along with the coupon code toasty? I bet you have a few guesses. Um, but uh, you can use that coupon code on your way out to get 10% off of your entire order other than gift certificates, subscriptions and software. And since I've mentioned the coupon code, I'd like to also give you a little suggestion of a product of the week. Uh, and so my product of the week this week is the Raspberry Pi 4 heatsink case. Uh, and in fact, I've got one set up over there. I'll show you in a second. But This is a, uh, serves double duty. So with a Raspberry Pi, you wanna keep the thing somewhat protected, but you also usually want the ports exposed. Uh, So this is that, this is a case that gives you access to pretty much all the slots that you would want. The SD card, all of the IO, the 20 pin uh, header, the camera port, and I think also the display port, the non HDMI display port, as well as the HDMI display ports on the side. So it does all that, but it's also a big giant aluminum thin heat sink to keep your Raspberry Pi 4 running cooler because this thing runs a bit hot. Uh, in fact, let's jump over here for a second to the workbench and uh, you'll see I've got a Raspberry Pi 4 set up right here. And this is, let me zoom in on that for you. So this is it, this is the case. Uh, I can wake this thing up. And it's a little warm, it's a little toasty. It's gonna be nice in the winter to warm my hands on this. I might run a couple of these just for uh, hand warming duties. And uh, because I like to do these sorts of things, I've got a uh, little thermal imaging uh, thermometer here, IR thermometer here, and saying it's running at 107 degrees Fahrenheit. Uh, I think this is running about 10 degrees cooler than my non-heat-synced one that I have uh, elsewhere in the shop. And obviously ambient temperature plays a lot to do this, especially when you're using a passive uh, heat cooling situation like that. So uh, super cool case. I like the feel of it. It's sturdy and hefty. Uh, one thing is that I did not put thermal paste or thermal tape on the chips, and that'll help get uh, a lot better heat transfer off of the chips uh, using that. So I would recommend you, uh, you use some thermal paste when you connect that. Uh, I believe it comes with a couple of little stick-on ones, but I wanted to maybe try using paste instead of the stick-on stuff. So that is my product recommendation right there. Uh, that is the... Hey, where'd I go? Oh, it's too many of me. Whoa, come back. There it is, the Raspberry Pi 4 heatsink case. There's also a version of this that has fans in it. But come on, I don't want fans in my Raspberry Pi. I want the thing to be sort of subtle and discreet and quiet and not fanning at me. So uh, go check it out, would you? And now this brings us to a delightful, uh, magical time of the show that I call the Make Code Minute. All right, so for the MakeCode Minute today, I wanted to show you a sort of a combination lock that I built using uh, MakeCode and a Circuit Playground Express. And so the idea behind this is that I have a sequence of the capacitive touch t- pads that I need to press. So if I press A1, A3, and A5 in some order, and that was the correct order right there, and then press A, it will check and see, and it lit up green here, meaning that I've got, oh, you can't see that right now, hang on, Uh, let's make this real big, there you go. So A1, let me do it out of order, A5, A3, that's not the correct order, which we'll find out when we press this button, we get red LEDs. Uh, If I do it in the proper order, A1, A3, A5, then it's gonna give me a little happy green lights and a little blue animation here. And so you could have this then, in turn, trigger a servo or a relay or do other things if you wanted to use it as a, as a real sort of combination lock. But I wanted to show you how you can make something like this. Um, there are probably plenty of ways, but the way I chose to do it was I create a couple of these arrays. And I have one that's called the code, and it's an um, um, uh, array of three members, and they are one, three, five. So that's actually the order that I decided my combination is going to be right now. And then I have this sort of empty list of three zeros that is where I'm going to plug in my attempts. Uh, then when I press the A1 pin, the A3 pin, or the A5 pin, what it does is it enters into one of those slots, depending on the order we press them, a number. And so for the A1, it changes the current entry slot to a 1. Uh, then we change the entry to a 3 with the A3 and a 5 with the A5. And then when we go ahead and press the a um, A button to check, what we do is we check and see, okay, are we at the third entry? Have three things actually been pressed? Uh, Then we're going to compare the first value of that first array, which is a one, to the first value of that second array, which now is either a one, three, or a five, and so on. So this is using this big if statement and a bunch of comparison logic. Uh, And then depending on the answer of that, we either get a high tone and green LEDs followed by the animation, or we get a low tone red and the... um, return to the original state. So let me just show you this real quick on an actual, uh, how about that view of it. So right now uh, I've got, I had one already pressed, so it's gonna fail, and now I'm gonna make it successful. So A1, A3, A5, and it gets me the happy result. And so that is how you can Create a little combination lock using make code running on the Circuit Playground, Circuit Playground Express. And that is your make code minute. boom. Ah, so many of me. Uh, so let's see. Uh, I think this is probably a good time to take a look at my MakeCode Arcade Game Pick of the Week. And so let's head back uh, over to the Chrome browser here and pull that off of there. So my MakeCode Arcade Pick of the Week is Warehouse by Audrey314. And uh, he mentions in the forums here on MakeCode Forum, this is a clone of a game called Sokoban. So let's hop over and take a look at it. So this is the game, and this is a, it'll be familiar to a lot of people, this type of game. It's a pushing the blocks game. So I'm just gonna use the uh, D-pad to push this box over the dot. And then when I successfully do this, we get to the next level. And so you can see it becomes tricky because we can't pull boxes. So we've shoved them into a corner, you're stuck. So you have to figure out how to, navigate around to successfully push the boxes. So you have to think a moment before you get in there and actually get yourself stuck. And if you do get yourself stuck, I'll show you what that looks like. So let's say I push this one down. There's no getting that back out now. I can't pull. Uh, You can just hit the B key on your controller and it resets the level. So it's a lot of fun. There are actually 15 levels to play. And I wanted to now take a look at how Uh, The box pushing and pulling mechanism works, because I thought that was really uh, nicely done. So let's head on over to the box pushing and pulling logic. Let's find it first. Stand by. I can't remember where the heck it is. And it's not there. And... Totally lost it. That's all building it, all right. Okay, here they are. So what happens is when you're moving uh, your character using the up, down, left, or right D-pad keys, every time you press left, down, up, or right, there's a variable called direction or dir, right here. Let me zoom in on this. Uh, that is set to a string variable uh, that corresponds to the direction you're going. So if I'm headed right, it sets that variable to right. Um, and if there's a uh, collision or an overlap, which is detected between the character and the block, uh, which is called the Sokoban here, uh, then it will, as long as the, the block isn't blocked by a wall, it will change the, the box's direction uh, by a certain number of units on X or Y. So if you're heading down, it goes down four units, uh, which is the, um, or the orientation of the system, the coordinate system is uh, Y heads from the upper left corner is X and Y and down and right is uh, positive values. And so uh, it's, it works really effectively. You can see here as I move the character around he actually overlaps for a moment, and then the box gets pushed the, based on the direction you're going, which works really well. And there's no built-in mechanism for doing this. There's not a um, move objects block inside of Make Code. but if you go ahead and download this and play it around for a little while and then take a look at the code, you can uh, maybe get an idea of a way that you could use this kind of pushing mechanism inside of a game, and uh, that is my arcade game pick of the week. It's called Warehouse by Audrey314. And I think it's quite excellent and a lot of fun. It'd be a lot of fun to play on the, um, on one of these little devices, like the Pi Gamer or the Pi Badge, I think. Uh, So there you go. That was the MakeCode Arcade Game pick of the week. All right. And uh, let's see. So far, my camera hasn't overheated over there, which is pretty great. Uh, I just have an old... 120 millimeter case fan that I used to have inside of an overclocked gaming PC and 3D rendering PC many, many, many moons ago. just have it kind of pointed out there to keep the airflow going. Maybe that'll work. Um, Or I could take that Raspberry Pi case and slap it on the back. All right. So for the project build of the week, I wanted to uh, show you how the Bluetooth LE TFT Gizmo and Circuit Playground Blue Fruit devices can work when you want to do image transfer from our Blue Fruit app on either iOS or Android through the air and over to the Circuit Playground uh, Blue Fruit. And so um, I thought I'd actually show you what the uh, assembly of the, the Gizmo looks like as well as setting up the board for the first time. And so that's one of the reasons I have this Raspberry Pi over here on my workbench. So let's... Head on over here, and we'll take a look at how this all works. So, uh, let's see, do I have one? Yeah, I've got one I can show first. So let me show you the finished state of this. And I've got to grab my phone, too, so I can beam an image. Okay, so... Uh, right here, I've got this little uh, Circuit Playground Blue Fruit. I've got a battery on the back of it, and I have a TFT gizmo. So I'm going to just plug the battery in, which I, I just have it uh, stuck on there with some double-stick foam tape at the moment. And I'll plug in that battery, and you'll see it's going to boot up, and it says that it's advertising. Uh, so it's looking for a Bluetooth signal. Oh, let me turn the volume down on my... Delayed lagged. Hello, everyone, uh, over in the in the chats. All right, so what I'll do now, actually let me switch these views for you. Is I'm going to open up the Blue Fruit app on my phone. Whoops, I didn't switch those, did I? There we go. And you can see that since this uh, Circuit Playground Bluefruit is advertising its uh, whereabouts and its existence over Bluetooth. And uh, I have filtered devices, so I only see UART-based devices. So I'm not going to see my uh, Fitbits and headphones and things like that. So I'll connect to the device, and then I'm going to go down to the image transfer. And you can see if I uh, use the default image that's loaded in here, I can send it as a 240 by 240 pixel image, which is... Uh, the size of the screen so that'll that'll fill it out and look nice I'll hit send here and now over the air oh did this battery just I don't know what happened something just happened let me restart that that didn't work at all that was a terrible demo okay advertising good and connecting I don't know why the screen went blank there something funny happened send that image there we go and so you can see it uh, takes a little moment to fly across the air there and uh, and off it goes, and this will work at sort of normal Bluetooth uh, LE ranges. So 30 feet, 60 feet, maybe 100, I'm not quite sure. Uh, That's at the the long end of things, but uh, that is sort of the finished product. So let's take a look uh, at how we put this together and then we can try some different images on there. So let's uh, first of all, zoom in here and let me move some precarious screens and things out of the way. Keep Waking up that Raspberry Pi. Okay, so here is my Circuit Playground Blue Fruit. And this is the TFT Gizmo. You can see I've even still got the screen cover on there. Um, And the Circuit Playground will be in its up orientation which has the usb port up at the top and if you flip it over you'll see you want to be able to read both of these logos so that's that's uh the 12 o'clock at at the top or north on the uh gizmo and the adafruit logo and and words up at the top on the uh, circuit playground blue fruit and then those will go back to back like so so you have the all the accessible buttons and and such on the blue fruit uh pointed outward and the screen pointed outward here and Now what you do is we take a pile of these little five millimeter long M3 screws, and you'll see that the Gizmo, just like our prototype Gizmo, has these surface mount soldered standoffs, and they're both a mechanical and an electronic uh, electrical connection. And so what I recommend is at least throw in uh, a couple screws to start, and rest those like that. And then you're going to screw those in. And I'm going to be super fancy and use this uh, electric screwdriver just because it's a lot of screws to put in. And I don't want to have you sit here watching me screw those in. Uh, so you can get them in sort of finger tight. You don't need to torque them down that hard. Uh, you wouldn't want to. And it also helps with alignment if you don't get them down uh, too, too too tight before you get more screws in. So. Let's see here. It's funny, I felt weird about getting an electric uh, motorized tiny screwdriver and then realized, well, I don't mind using a big cordless screwdriver or drill in my regular life. So uh, why be snobby about using one (laughs) in electronics? If it saves you time, it may be worthwhile. It's a luxury for sure. And I don't know which all connections are being used in this particular case, but I would just put them all in. Uh, I can't remember if there's maybe some redundant grounds you wouldn't necessarily have to put in. I have forgotten a couple screws before and it still worked just because I think things were touching uh, well enough. But ideally you'll use all 12 of these screws here that come with the kit. And that doesn't go through every hole on the, Circuit, Playground, Blue Fruit, there are a couple spots that don't, on the sides here, have a connection. And that's where we have a couple of JST connectors that you can plug in accessories to. And last one. Okay, so now uh, what I'll do is I'm going to go ahead and show you what the uh, UF2 loading looks like on this. In case you haven't done this before. So. Uh, what's running on here is uh, I'm going to be running an Arduino program, but rather than compile it, what I can do is let's zoom out a little bit. Uh, once it's been compiled once for this particular for a board that you're using, so if I if I compile an Arduino for a Circuit Playground Bluefruit, that will work for anyone who wants to put that code on there. If we have the uh, SPI flash and bootloader, we can pull the UF2 file off of the board and just drag that on. So uh, let's get this plugged in. So I'm going to plug into this Raspberry Pi, um, and I never use Raspberry Pis for this sort of thing. So this is this is a whole new world for me. But it's actually kind of nice and convenient. I thought it might be make things a little easier for me to show uh, versus the screen share, which sometimes can be a little difficult to get going. So when I plug that in, it's recognized it as a drive. Um, and if you allow me to move this over, you're gonna see I have a Pi Drive that just showed up on the desktop. That's what I'm clicking here. Get a little closer. So this just showed up as a flash drive. Um, and then I previously downloaded this UF2 and this UF2 file is gonna be in the guide. Um, so what I'll do is I'm gonna double click my Circuit Playground Bluefruit, which puts it into bootloader mode. So now the name of the drive is C play boot. Um, and now what I can do is drag a different UF2. You'll see right now has current.uf2 that is on here. Uh, let me find my downloads drive on here. Where is that user? Should be User, no. Where is the downloads? Someone help me here. <laughs> I thought I had left it open. As you can see, I'm not used to using this. Uh, home, Pi, downloads. Okay, so here is this uh, CB Image Transfer UF2 file, and so what I'll do is now drag that just right onto this C Play boot drive. And you can see it has just flashed it, and boom, it's done. So. Uh, now, rather than going through and compiling and uploading and making sure I have all the libraries and board definitions and, and so on in Arduino, which is great and you're gonna need that if you wanna tune things, uh, but for a lot of users, you'll just wanna get the thing to work. So uh, you can see, this is, this is the one that was previously, not the one I used before, but this one now has uh, the same code running on it. It says it's advertising. Uh, I'll leave that sticker on so I can keep them, uh, keep them straight. But what I'll do now is I'm gonna actually unplug this. I'm done with uh, with code on there. It is now up and running and should be good to go. Uh, and, I'll, and I'll just steal that battery so you know that nothing fishy's going on. So there's no wires connected. And I'm gonna plug in this little LiPoly battery. Ooh, that's weird, why did it go green? Let's restart it. There we go, back to blue. Uh, and now I can open up my... App here, let me get these centered in the camera for you. Hey, oh, it's gotta look at my face to do that, doesn't it? So the previous peripheral has been disconnected, but now we're gonna see this one shows up as the new, new one we can connect to. We get some connection details that show up in here. Uh, and now I'm gonna go to the image transfer app and let's get that right up in there like so. Uh, These are going to be hard for you to see, but I can choose image with this first button. So you can take a photo, you can uh, use the camera roll, you can use the uh, photo library. So let's take a photo, how about? And what I'll do is I'll take a photo of me taking a photo of me. Okay, so I've got this photo. It's just been taken and is in the... um, Blue Fruit app, and in the Blue Fruit app you can scale, and uh, pull uh, a zoom on the image inside of this square crop box essentially. So we'll say done to that, let's get that flipped again. And now we can choose uh, 24-bit or 16-bit color, I'll I'll choose 24-bit although I believe this display only is 16-bit but this is what I've been using and it's been working so I won't change that uh probably you get a smaller file transfer if you go to 16 bit maybe we'll try that in a moment and then the resolution of the screen is 240 240 so i'll leave that but you'll see we get a uh a choice for different sizes here depending on what you're sending it to so i'm going to leave that at 240 240. uh the transfer mode i'm leaving that as interleaved uh that seems to work and i'm not sure uh in what circumstances you use these others but colin cunningham probably knows we'll ask him uh, and then down at the bottom, we actually have some image uh, rotation options. So you can flip the image if you're using the badge uh, as, a, as a lanyard or something, and it happens to be rotated a different way than, than uh, sort of the default, then we can flip the image. Or if you import an image that's uh, got a rotation applied, you can transform it there. And then when we set send image, off it goes. And now we have this, uh, Let's see if I get him to focus. It doesn't really want to focus, there we go. Uh, So there is my image uh, transferred onto the TFT gizmo. Um, So let's, how about we change image again and I'm gonna pick something from my camera roll uh, that will work well and be distinct. I think I have a picture of my beloved, whoops, 3D printed goose that works well because it's got kind of a high contrast to it. So we'll get a nice close-up of a goose face there carrying an X-Acto knife blade. And uh, so we take this and uh, set the image resolution down lower. Let's set it to 128 by 128. When we beam that, interestingly, we get the image, but we also get some uh, some data on there, Uh, it says received 49,160 bytes in 0.81 seconds uh, at the speed of 60.39 kilobits per second. Uh, The size of the image, 128, 128, ready to receive new image. So that's kinda cool that we get uh, some little prompts and feedback there if you're uh, curious about that sort of thing. Um, But in practice, you will probably wanna go to the full resolution there and I'll resend that full goosey size. All right, and so um, that is the basics of using our image transfer and you know our Bluefruit app for iOS and Android has a bunch of different functions. You can send UART messages back and forth with devices. You can use the controller for sort of D-pad like controls on robots. You can use the color picker to change NeoPixels. Uh, But this is kind of a newer function. It's the first time I've used this. I don't think we've had a uh, board before. Maybe we've had some uh, add-ons with feathers that can do this. I don't think I've done image transfer before and I love it. It's very cool. Um, As you can imagine, you could probably do some uh, interactive badges. If you're going to a conference and want to maybe allow people to connect to and send you purely wholesome, wonderful, happy, funny images, they might do that. Uh, hopefully that's the kind of conferences you're going to. And uh, you can also, of course, use it in different types of uh, projects. You could have a backpack pin and show off things that you're, uh, you're interested in, your favorite band logo or something like that. Uh, And it can go into costumes or uh, props and things like that as well. So I'm sure there are lots and lots of interesting uh, ways that people will use these, but if you, uh, uh, hopefully if you were interested in learning how to set up the TFT Gizmo on your Circuit Playground Blue Fruit and then send images to it, then now you know. Uh, And so that pretty much wraps it up for the show today. Thank you for uh, stopping by and hanging out with me here. I'm super glad that uh, you were able to join me and I'm also thrilled that uh, none of my cameras overheated. So that was nice. Uh, And so before I go, I will remind you that you can use the coupon code TOASTY if you wanna get 10% off in the store, head on over to Adafruit's store, buy some cool, great stuff and you'll get 10% off at the end. Those are some good giveaways. If you put a certain number of, uh, or a monetary value of items into your cart, uh, at different points you get different free things thrown in, which is super cool. Sometimes it's breadboards or a Gemma. Um, so go, go check out and see what we've got right now. Um, reminder, that's not good on gift certificates, subscriptions, or software. And with that, uh, I'm gonna take off and I will see you all next week. So if you're interested in this project, look forward to the guide. It should be coming out soon and it'll let you know how to do all that good stuff. Uh, and I will uh, be hopping over to the Discord to say, hi, hey, FX Music. Uh, he said nice shirt this is uh amulets who does four track tape loop stuff and i thought it was a super cool shirt too thank you um and in fact look there's the discord right there hey people uh twitchy focus on that camera yeah that's actually that camera has pretty good focus but i think i was zoomed in quite far and it was beyond what it was going to get until i dropped it out but um, Yeah, autofocus is usually not something you want to deal with. If you're into, like, photography, you want a manual focus. But when you're a a one-person production studio doing live broadcast, autofocus is your friend. So uh, I like it. All right. Uh, That is all for today, and I will see you next time. Thanks, everyone.